Welcome to the Empowerment Word Podcast brought to you by Exhibition Assemblies of God Youth Ministry Councilman. At Exhibition Assemblies of God, we believe that the church is the body of Christ, the habitation of God through the Spirit, with divine appointments for the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Now it is time to receive the Word of God. So get ready to be blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's, let's kindly say, let's kindly say, Hallelujah. We, we thank God for a moment like this. And uh, I want to thank the leadership for the opportunity. Um, I want to thank Reverend Mirokutu. And uh, everybody here, thank you for coming. God bless you. And my, my own mother is here. In fact, she decided to come. <laughs> Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Now, I just want you to know that the Lord is going to speak to you today. And he's going to just stir you up. Is that okay? He's going to stir you up. So be ready to be stirred up. Amen. That's what we are believing God for tonight. Um, I want Minister Jerry to, I mean, Minister Jerry Jr. <laughs> to minister his song shortly. Holy Ghost, That's our prayer tonight. Do it again. Do it again in my life. keyboard continue let the keyboard continue now in a space of one minute i want you to speak in the language of the holy spirit we're not going to be speaking men's theories here i want you to open up your spirit 
we are not speaking chemistry it's not physics it's not psychology it's not philosophy we are speaking the word of god the life of god i want you to speak in the spirit for a minute kolos pilas paligas kalahos levela kirolamas pilinga laho prentes kivalao setekesai arini kiso mekala osempanda la gasikes Vela gatigas mausanda rongo sukela vila kela iseka apanga gatayo sopala yasatekesa nikite kela ivelokosus nosi salatem mandalaka inamvela usi pela venikesao mungu kosi pela hisatakala ratikeliesa Kumektaro suva rulu sistemate yemakatia lataka lemokuso meti ripamala kataye sabankalaikos rulu sumesai masa nanukuratama ikeise kasabi reikala osimini makala oso ronusu prilaidela osemate kasavelaike thank you holy spirit Father, stir us up tonight. Show us Jesus. And let the revelation of Him, the knowledge of Him change our lives forever. Let it transform us forever. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for your presence and thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, the Son of the living God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, the Lord gave me a simple message to give you tonight. And the message is know Jesus daily. Tell somebody know Jesus daily. Know Jesus daily. That was what he gave me to give you tonight. And that is the message. So I think we can close now. Because I've told you the message. But you see, if I leave you to go like that, you will not have the impact of the message. So we have to expound. We have to explain. Is that okay? And that's what we do with scripture. When you read scripture and just get up and go, you will lose the input. But when you stay and let the Holy Ghost expound, when you stay and go deeper into the scripture, then you get what God is trying to tell you. He said, know Jesus daily. Now let's see what that means. Amen. For some of us, so far, all we know about Jesus is the history about Jesus. We know that he came to the earth. He did a lot of miracles, healed the sick, raised the dead. He preached to people. And then he died for us. So every time we think of Jesus, we think of these things alone. And when it's Easter, we celebrate the death. When it's Christmas, we celebrate the birth. And we go on and on and on. But these things have an effect in our lives. His death and resurrection has an effect in our lives. It must produce something in your life. It's not just about history. You must have the import of what he came to do. Hallelujah. So I want to show you something. Go with me to First Peter. I want to show you something before I start. I have a lot of things to tell you tonight. But I just pray I'll be able to touch on what I should give you before the time is up. So we'll start with First Peter chapter 1, reading from verse 1. I, I thought I saw another microphone. Or is one? Was there another cordless one? Oh, okay. Hey. Maybe I was seeing in the spirit. Okay, that's okay. So, First Peter 1, I'm reading from verse 1. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, um, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, 
Second, um, verse 2. Chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his abundant mercy has given us a new birth. Say a new birth. That's one of the things that the death and the resurrection of Christ produced. The new birth. And it's something we need to understand. To a living hope. King James is a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Four, to an inheritance incorruptible. Please follow me. I'm building something. To an inheritance incorruptible and undivided, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Five, who are kept by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Six, in this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a season, if it must be, you are in sadness through manifold temptations. 7. That the testing of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perishes. Though it is tried with fire, may result in praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen, you love. In whom, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the outcome of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. 10. Of which, this is where the message is. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that will come to you. Bible says that the prophets inquired diligently. They wanted to see what this salvation is all about. But the Bible says it was not for them to know. They prophesied for us to what? To come to know. And it says the prophets, they searched diligently. They inquired diligently. They wanted to know. And today we, in our day, we don't want to understand what this gospel is. We are not eager to search out what Christ has accomplished for us. There are three basic things you should be knowing as a Christian, consistently and growing in it. One is who Christ is, and hence who you are in Him. That is identity. The second thing is what He has given you. What His death and resurrection provided, supplied, and gave to you. That is inheritance or heritage. And the final thing is what Christ is willing to do to you and with you. That is purpose. Three key things you should be knowing as a believer and growing consistently in is your identity, your inheritance, and your purpose. When we understand these things, we are serious with the Lord. So it says, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and said diligently, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you? 11. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that would follow. Throughout the Old Testament, you see prophecies in the law, in the Psalms, in the prophets. You see prophecies about the Messiah, the coming Christ. And all these things, the prophets wanted to know more about what this great salvation was. But today in our time, it's as if we are not eager to find out what has happened to us. Something happened to us when we gave our life to Christ. Something happened to us. Born again is not just turning over a new leaf. Everybody can turn over a new leaf. Even the unbeliever can stop stealing. He can stop smoking. He has turned over a new leaf. True or false? There is something more to being born again than just turning over a new leaf. And that's what God wants you to find out. Of course, it will cause you to turn over a new leaf. But there is something. There is a core um, um, principle of being born again. And that's what God wants you to find out. So as a Christian, you should be daily seeking and searching. Because you must know who you are if you want to walk in it. You must know what you have if you want to use it. You must know what his purpose is for you if you want to fulfill your purpose on it. Okay.
So to whom it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they ministered the things which are now reported to you by those who have preached the gospel to you with the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. People of God, this is not a joke. Not just the prophets, but the angels desire to look into our salvation. And we the beneficiaries, we the benefactors, we the people who are profiting from it, we put our Bible down, we don't listen to God's word. Angels want to look into this matter that Christ has done. Because it is the greatest thing God has ever done since creation. The greatest works of God are not seen in creation. The greatest works of God are seen in the redemption. Hallelujah. It's seen in the new creation, so to put it. So God's wonderful power, we can look at the sun, we can go into, the, into space and look at the constellations, all the wonderful galaxies millions and millions of galaxies and all these wonderful things and how beautiful nature is that is not the 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 perfect work of god the perfect work of god is the new creation you and me in christ we are the crown of god's creation if we understand this that's why the bible says we are his masterpiece (laughs) we are his masterpiece ephesians 2 verse 10 we are his masterpiece we are the best work of art that god has done and if we understand this, it will inform the way we live. Hallelujah. I've not gotten into my message yet. I'm just showing you something. So it says, therefore, get up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all manner of conduct. We'll come to that. So be holy in all manner of conduct. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you call, okay, let me move further because of time. Um, Okay, I think I've given you the message from that, so we can move on. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, so I said the message is what? Know Jesus daily. So we ought to grow in the knowledge of Christ. In 2 Peter 3 verse 18. It says we should grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom be glory both now and forevermore. We should grow in what? In grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm giving you the reasons why you should know Jesus daily. The Bible says we should grow, 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 grow. So grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then the next thing is in First Peter 2, 2 to 3. First Peter 2, 2 to 3. It says, as newborn babes, please, these babes is not girlfriend, no. this one is um, babes as in babes in Christ, hallelujah. So it's not girlfriend, hallelujah. So it says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Three, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And that tasting is when we got saved, when we got born again. We tasted of the Lord's graciousness. Is that okay? And he's saying that we should what? Crave the sincere milk of the word, that we may grow thereby. God is interested in our growth. Because the more we grow, the more we what? Manifest him. Have you seen a seedling bearing fruit before? You see the mango tree, when it's now growing, it's a seedling. The seedling is a young plant. Have you seen it bearing mangoes before? No. But when it grows to a mature tree... It bears fruits. Then you see that this is a mango tree. We are not interested in growing in Christ. We want to bear the fruit of Christ. Are we magicians? We have to grow. 
the more you grow, the more it becomes spontaneous. It becomes a life you express. God doesn't want us to struggle to try to obey Him. He wants us to mature in Christ. And when you mature, the mature tree bears fruits. Seedlings don't bear fruits. So you will struggle and struggle and struggle because you don't want to grow up. Bearing fruit is a principle of maturity. The more you mature, the more of Christ you express. Because our maturity is into Christ. We grow up in Him, into Him. That's what the Bible says, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We mature into Christ. So don't expect to be bearing fruits if you are not growing up in the Lord. Amen. Okay, so I've touched on that. Um, now, I want you to listen to these things. We know Jesus by His Spirit and through His Word. We know Jesus by His Spirit and through His Word. We know Jesus by His Spirit. And through his word. Why do I say that? I'll give you scriptures to back that. We'll be looking at a lot of scriptures today. So we know him by his spirit and through his word. If you don't have these two, you can't know him as he is. There are two major things to know about Jesus. His deity and his humanity. You must know that he is God. And you must know that he is man. Because he is the word that became flesh. So you must know his deity and you must know his humanity. When you go into the religions of the earth, you realize that they know Jesus in his humanity. Some say he is a prophet. Some say he, he, he was a good teacher. A very nice and respectable religious leader. They have all sorts of nice things. Just like when Jesus asks, who do men say that I am? They say he's one of the prophets. He's Elijah. He's this. He's that. So people have so many conceptions about him. Is that okay? But you must know his deity and you must know his humanity. If you know him as God and as man, then you are there. Otherwise, you are just embracing another religious concept which has no life in it. Hallelujah. Let's go to John 8 verse 31 very quickly. John 8 verse 31. Let me show you something there. John 8 verse 31. Let me see if I can remember. It says, Then said Jesus to those Jews who believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And he said, Then you shall what? Know the truth, and the truth will set you free or make you free. So we know Jesus through the word. Through the word. Because he said, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples, you are my followers. And in so doing, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So if you want to know Jesus, you go through the Word. But not just the Word. Let's go to... Just, just follow me. Hmm. I just pray I'll be able to finish this. John 14, verse 26. John 14, verse 26. If I had someone to be reading for me, it would have been faster, but we don't have two microphones. Okay, can someone kindly go there and read for me? I need someone. No, like this, don't hear you. Is, is, is Josiah around? Josiah is not here. I would have worried him. You, I can't worry you like that. Okay, so please, who can? You can. I want you to use the microphone. That means you'll be there for a while. You, you, you can get a chair, or it can come down. Yes, but you can, you can pick a chair, or if you don't mind, because I want you to be reading for me so that I can move fast. John 
chapter 14, verse 26. Verse 26. Yes. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, uh-huh. whom the Father will send in my name, who will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So he will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. What he has said to you is his word. And it says the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and remind you of everything he has said to you. So you need the Holy Spirit and you need the word to know Jesus. Hmm. Okay. Let's go to um, the same John. John 15 verse 26. John 15 verse 26. The next chapter. John chapter 15 verse 26. Uh-huh. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, uh-huh. the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, uh-huh. he will testify about He will me. testify about me. The Holy Spirit is the testimony of Jesus. He evidences Jesus. He testifies of Jesus. He proves Jesus. He manifests Jesus. So he says he will testify of me. So if you want a good testimony of Jesus, you must know him by his spirit and his word. Amen. I think we can move on so that I can work with the time. All right. So put this down. Jesus is God's perfect man and man's perfect God. Hmm. Hmm. Now, don't get confused. Jesus is God, but he became man. And you know our God is triune, right? He is triune. That's the Trinity. So the Father is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God. In other words, the Father is God, the Word is God, the Spirit is God. He was the Word before he became a son. Hallelujah. His original identity is the Word. To us, Word is letters and things spoken. But to God, Word is first a person. It's Jesus. He is the word of God. From him, the words of God what manifest. Is that okay? So, Jesus is what? Is God. But over here, I'm putting it in this way because of his incarnation. Alright? So, he is God's perfect man. A man's perfect God. He is the only perfect God ever. <laughs> and he is the only perfect man ever. Hallelujah. And we saw that in his incarnation. He says, the Bible says he was tempted... At all points, yet without sin. When I read that, then I salute Jesus. I see that, yes, this is Bosu. He was tempted at all points, but yet without sin. When you read that, I know that Jesus is not a joke. So in his humanity, he was perfect. In his deity, he is perfect. So he is God's perfect man. Meaning he is the man that all God wanted man to be. So he is, I'll come to that. Let me not go ahead of myself. So Jesus is God's perfect man and man's perfect God. Now, he is the Christ, the son of the living God. That is his identity. He is the Christ, the son of the living God. Remember where this came from, right? Because of time, we will not read it. Let me just... Please, you will still be reading, so don't worry. (laughs) But because of time, let's just go through this one. So you realize that the disciples came to Jesus, or they were with Jesus, and Jesus asked them, who do men say that I am? Remember that, right? And then they said what? Some say you are one of the prophets. Some say you are Elijah. Some say you are what? They were mentioning some things, all right? Then Jesus said, okay, I've heard you. Now you, who do you say that I am? Why? Because we know Jesus by his spirit and his word. (laughs) So he said, who do you say that I am? He was not okay with the answers that men were saying he was. So he said, "Who who do you say that I am? Then Peter answered that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. What did Jesus say? Blessed are thou, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. We are talking about revelation knowledge. (laughs) 
he had revelation knowledge. So he knew that Jesus was the Christ. He was not one of the prophets. He was not another religious leader. I'll, I'll tell you some things before we close. I don't want to go ahead of myself. So, Jesus is the Christ. Why the Christ? Christ is Messiah. We know that, right? In the Greek, it's Christos. Christos. The same spelling of Christ with O-S. Christos. All right? So, it's, it's the same thing, Messiah. And it means anointed one. One who has, an, who has been anointed. God cannot be anointed, true or false. So, he's talking about his humanity. So, in Christ, we see his humanity. In Son of God, we see his deity. And I'll, I'll explain that. So, he, he was the anointed one. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. And he went about doing good. Healing all that were oppressed by the what? The devil. So, he was anointed to save man. In Isaiah chapter 60, I think 61. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me. To do what? To preach the good news to the poor. To set the captives free and all, all that. And you realize that in Luke chapter 4. Where he read the scroll of Isaiah, he said, today this thing is fulfilled in your hearing. He was telling them that I am the one, the anointed one. That's what Christ means. So Christ is not the same name of Jesus, Michael Opari, Jesus Christ. No, Christ is his office. Christ is his, is his, his purpose. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. Because throughout the scriptures, it was prophesied that there, there is a coming Messiah. So he came as the Christ. So he's Jesus the Christ. Hallelujah. Now we have to understand this because there are still Jews in Israel who are waiting for a coming Christ. But if you know that your Jesus is the Christ, blessed are thou. Amen. Alright. So, and then you know what Jesus also means. Jesus in the Hebrew is Yehoshua. Okay, Yehoshua or Yeshua. We know that one. We are um, um, familiar with Yeshua. Okay, or Yehoshua. It's the same rendering as Joshua. Okay, it means what? Jehovah is salvation. So basically salvation. So he was not named Jesus because Jesus is a nice name. He was named Jesus because that was his purpose. Today we have a lot of people called Jesus. It doesn't mean they are the Christ. The, what differentiates Jesus from the rest of Jesus is what? The Christ. He is the Christ. I think we have a, a footballer called Jesus, right? Yes. And I can give birth and name my child Jesus. It doesn't mean he is the Christ. So don't worry if people are called Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He is the Christ. That's what makes him different. So Jesus is salvation. Amen. We must know him. Alright, so let's go to... Um, let me just show you something in... Um, oh God, I can't read everything. Okay, now in John chapter 4, okay, when Jesus was speaking with a Samaritan woman, you remember the conversation? He asked for water, and the woman was saying, what has Jesus got to do with Samaritans? And Jesus was saying, if he knew the one who is asking you, and what the gift of God is, you would have asked, and I would have given you a living water. Now, they spoke on and on and on. And the woman was saying that, we've heard that the Messiah will come. When he comes, he will what? Teach us, or he will tell us a lot of things. And Jesus said, even me that I'm speaking, I am he. So there Jesus confirmed that he is the Christ. Hallelujah. I just want you to know that Jesus is the Christ. Amen. Amen. It will make a lot of difference. So he is the Christ. Um, let's go to Luke chapter 24. Looks like I've left you for a while. Please go to Luke 24. Luke 24. Luke 24. Um, let's start from... Okay. 
Luke 24. I'm going to skip a lot of things. Uh, okay, so you let's start from... Um, Yes, I'm all. I have to cut this thing short. Okay, now, when Jesus resurrected, okay, you realize that there were some disciples who were having a conversation, and Jesus appeared in their midst, but they didn't know it was Jesus. So they were, they were even talking to him like he was a stranger. <laughs> they were like, are you a stranger in Jerusalem? Haven't you heard of this Jesus, blah, 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 and they were speaking a lot of things. And Jesus was... The Bible says that when they were done, Jesus expounded to them the, from the law, the prophets and the Psalms, the things concerning himself. When you go, go and read it, you see it there in Luke 24. He says he expounded to them. He has to show them that these were the things that were said about me. Is that okay? So even the disciples who worked with Jesus, they didn't, they didn't really know him until then. Yes. So it's not okay to see Jesus in a vision. You must know him through his word. Amen. And Jesus doesn't want us to know him by pictures. <laughs> I saw a very nice post. The post had two pictures. White Jesus, that's European Jesus, and black Jesus. And the, pers- the person said something that catched my heart or caught my heart. The person said, this Jesus and this Jesus are both idols. And that is true. Today some people are fighting over Jesus' skin color. Some say he's African. Some say he's European. It has nothing to do with our salvation. Whether he is pink in color or blue, he came for our salvation and the salvation of the whole world. And who you are in him is what matters. That's why you must know not just his humanity, but his deity. So I don't follow certain arguments. I don't have time for that. You must know this Jesus and know him by revelation. His skin color does not matter. That he was a Jew is needed for you to know that he was the Christ. But it has nothing to do with you. You are a new creation. I will not go there because that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, so let's continue. So whether Jesus is black or white, that has nothing to do with our salvation. It's not something to focus on. Now in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, it spoke of Jesus, okay? And it says that um, unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. And um, it says that what the government shall be upon his shoulders, right? It says he shall be called what? Can you mention the things for me? Wonderful counselor. Wonderful, mighty God. Mighty what? Mighty what? Mighty what? Mighty what? Is Jesus they are talking about? Too? Mighty God. And what? Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. This is what confused the whole matter. <laughs> Everlasting Father. And then what? Prince of Peace. Thank you. So he's talking about Jesus. And that was a prophecy by Isaiah. And he says, He shall be called Mighty God. You must know your Jesus is God. You must know it. <laughs> Please, when it's five minutes, bring me another note. Eh? <laughs> because honestly, it is well. It is very well. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you points and I'll leave you. So, reasons why we must know Jesus daily. He's bigger than what we think. Alright? He's bigger than what we think. And we saw that in Matthew 16 where they had a conversation. Who do men say that I am? So, he's bigger than what we think. Oh, Jesus. Go to Colossians 2 verse 9. Let me run. Colossians 2 verse 9. 
So we must know him daily because he is bigger than what we think and what we have heard so far. The message you heard that got you born again is not enough to keep you to the end. Let me replay. The message you heard that brought you to Christ is not enough to keep you to the end. You must grow in the knowledge of him. So don't be okay with what you have heard so far. Seek to know him better and more. Amen. So he is the fullness of the deity, the Godhead in bodily form. This is Jesus. Me, I will not be surprised if we go to heaven and we see only one person on the throne and he says he's Jesus. I won't ask for the Holy Spirit. I won't ask for the Father. You know why? He is the fullness of the deity in bodily form. Well, me, that's just my thought anyway. So I won't be surprised if I see one person on the throne. I won't be surprised. I'll say, oh, this is the fullness of the Godhead. The Bible says that God is invisible. For a, a moment, I thought that scripture was invincible. You know, invincible means you are unconquerable, right? Immortal, invisible, God only wise. Is it invincible or invisible? What? <laughs> oh, immortal, invisible, God only wise. Those who sing, is it invincible or invisible? Invisible. Thank you for confirming it. Now, why did he say he is invisible? I thought spirits are already invisible. Yes, spirits are invisible. We can't see spirits. So they are in the realm of invisibility. But he says God is invisible. <laughs> it means that in the realm of invisibility, he is invisible. What it means is that he cannot be known until he is revealed. That's why God must reveal himself to you. So even the angels in heaven, they've not seen God. They've not seen God. The Bible says he dwells in light unapproachable. Oh, true or false? He dwells in light unapproachable. So they've not seen God before. All they see is his glory. So we can know God better than the angels close to him. I said if I had time, I would have said things here that would make you know your Jesus. You can know Jesus better than the angels in heaven. It's not about being close to him like this. Jesus is in us. His spirit is in us. The angels don't have his spirit. We can know the intimate things of God, the deep things of God. For the spirit searcheth all things. Here, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knoweth the thoughts of God except God's own spirit. And we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is of God, that we may know all that is freely given to us of God. So, by the Spirit in us, we can know God better than the angels do. That's why when Jesus was born, angels came to the earth and they rejoiced. For the first time, they've seen the God they were worshipping in human form. You can't see God. God is in light unapproachable. He is invisible. But Jesus is the manifestation. That's why the Bible says in Colossians that he is the visible image of the invisible God. Let me come back. Time will not allow me to go to some places. Let me come back. So write these things down. We are in a relationship, in a fellowship. Okay, please, you can, you can sit down now. Thank you. Eh? So I don't know that I've finished. All right. 
So we are in a relationship. First Corinthians 1 verse 9 says that we have been called into what? Fellowship with the Son of God. Okay? God has called us into fellowship with the Son. That's why you must know Him. You are in a relationship with Him. And if you are in a relationship with someone, you must know the person continually, progressively. So we are in a relationship with Jesus. A lively, active, real relationship. So we must keep knowing Him if we want to work with Him. Next point. I'm just stating the point and I'll leave. Don't worry. Um, the more we know him, the more we know who we are. This is another reason why we should know him. Because he is the what? He is the firstborn. In the Greek, it's prototokos. He is the firstborn. It means he is the prototype, the model, the model son. We see the son of God to see the sons of God. We sons of God look to the son of God to see who we are in him. Because he is the son of God and we are sons of God. After his likeness, after his image. So the more you know him, the more you know your place. You know who you are in God. So we know him to know who we are in him. I'm just stating points, don't worry. I will not read any scripture. Then, um, the next one, the next one, quickly. You avoid deception and assumptions. When you know Jesus daily, you will not assume anything about him. Whatever you know about him, it is sure because it's gotten from the word. So you don't make assumptions. You don't make conjectures. You, we are not assuming in Christ. Now, listen to me very well. We are not serving Christ to see if there is a heaven and hell tomorrow. Someone will say that, oh, you said the Lord. If there is a heaven, you, you lose nothing. If there's no heaven, you lose nothing. But in Christ, by this time, you shouldn't be, be in that dilemma. You should know the truth. Don't make assumptions in Christ. Find out. Discover. We are not assuming. We are not playing chacha. It's not a guesswork. I don't know if you are getting me. So find out. No, these things are revealed. Know them. Now, I'm, I'm ending. I'm truly ending. Don't worry. The, the truth we know in Christ sets us free. Every truth you find out in Christ is your deliverance. So the more truth you grasp from the scriptures, the more you walk in the liberty of the spirit. Truth is what sets you free. Truth is what sets you free. So the more you know him, the more you are delivered. The more you are set free from certain things that entangle you. Keep knowing him. Because the knowledge delivers. I'm talking about accurate and precise knowledge. Now, you become strong and you do exploits. They that know their God shall be and do. So the more we know him, the stronger we become. You walk in your inheritance. Because when you know him, you know what you have in him. You know what he has given you. And now you can what? Access them by faith. Amen. You see, I'm running. Because I'm done. Amen. Now, the more we know him, the more we are changed. And the more we desire to walk in him. Second Corinthians 3 verse 18. It says, But with all, we all with unveiled faces, beholding us in a glass or as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. We are being changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So it says that as we, we continue to what, behold him, we are changed. It changes our mindset. It changes our perspective. How we see things. It transforms our hearts. And we will desire to walk like him. So the more you see him, the more your heart what, yearns after him. So they that know God are those who want to know him more. A man of God said something. He said, if you, don't, you have no desire to know Jesus more, you don't know him at all. If you have no desire to know him more, you don't know him at all. Amen. The more we know him, the more we live for him in truth and serve him meaningfully. The more we know him, the more conscious we are of the kingdom of God and the events to come. You know the events to come, right? 
We should, be conscious, we should be well versed in these matters. These are matters of eternity and matters of the Lord, our, our Lord Christ. These are things Christians must be grounded firmly and rooted deeply in. You must understand the millennial reign of Christ. You must know it in this age, before that age comes. You must understand the rapture and how things will work. You must know the tribulation very well. You must know these things that are to come. You can't just live life like life is only about this present world. We are going somewhere farther than here. There is an age to come which the sons of God are being prepared for to reign with Christ. And these are things Christians must understand. It will inform the way they live in this present world. We know that we are not joking. I wish I had time. Jesus. Now, let let me just give you the rest of the points, then we go. So, the more we know him, the more we realize we do not know him. And hence, the desire to know him more. That's why Paul, after about 30 years or more in ministry, he says that I may know him. Not that he didn't know him, but he wanted to know him more. So, the more you know him, the more you know you don't know him. The more I know Jesus, the more I realize that, mm, meaning, I don't know him. Therefore, I want to know him. Because of the pressure on me, my tree is coming out. But it is well. <laughs> it is well. Now, now listen, I'm, I'm finishing. I'm, this one, I promise. The goal of divinity is for man to be like Christ. All the ambition of God, all the goal of God, the ultimate wish for God, for humanity, is what? That they be like Christ. So the more you know him, the more you become like him. Jesus is the perfect model. He is the prototype. He is the model son. God's dream for humanity is to be like Jesus. That's why he, when you are born of him, you are made like him, but you must walk like him. So it is in nature and conduct. Another time, I'll get time to explain these things, okay? If, if another opportunity comes. But for now, let's just take this and let's go. Now the final thing. Jesus is the revelation of the Father. See, Jesus is the revelation of the Father. Jesus is the revelation of the Father. So the more you know Jesus, the more you know the Father. If you read through the Old Testament, you see some things, you wonder, ah, is this God? Is this God? Is this God? When Jesus came, he revealed the true identity of God. And what Jesus is, is what God is. Jesus is the express manifestation of the perfect will of God for you. So when you see Jesus and what he did, what he represents, who he is, how he, he behaves, that is the Father's heart revealed to you in the name of Jesus. Let's rise and pray just in one minute. I couldn't finish, but don't worry. I know God has given you something to stir you up, to make you know Jesus, because he is bigger than what people say. He is bigger than what we think. Jesus is Vikasa. Just pray one prayer that, oh God, may you stir me up to know Jesus and serve him faithfully. Just in one minute. May you stir me up to know Jesus and serve him faithfully. May you stir me up to know Jesus and serve him faithfully. In the name of Jesus, we must know our God. We must know our God. Man From today, may we be empowered to serve him more faithfully, more effectively. May we see things from his point of view. May we see things from his perspective. May we live for him because we know who he is. In the mighty name of Jesus, Mele Gadilos, Rolomos in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, thank you for what your word has done in our hearts. We pray that you continue to open our eyes in the knowledge of you. And may we walk in the fruitfulness of that knowledge. In Jesus' name, the Son of the living God. Amen. Just one more thing. I just want to tell you one more thing, then I hand over. Listen to this. When you know Jesus, you have his perspective of life. You see things as he sees them. 
An example I'll give you is premature death. When we say premature death, it's someone who has died before a ripe old age, right? But in God's perspective, you can die at age 90 and die a premature death. What does it mean? You must finish your purpose on earth before you leave the earth. So if you die without accomplishing your purpose, it's premature. You are unripe. So when you know Christ, you see things from his perspective. Jesus died at 33. He finished his purpose. It's not premature death. When you know Jesus, you see things from his perspective. Not from men's perspective. Amen. Thank you for listening. Kindly like us on Facebook at Exact You. God bless you.